Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am Jamie Mosier. <laughs> we're here once again celebrating the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man, I am doing fantastic. Happy Valentine's Week, Happy everyone. Happy Valentine's Week. And boy, howdy, do we have the most Valentine's love song ever. Yes. Y'all may know we try to save love songs of love songs for these weeks. Uh, maybe you remember last one we did was a little ditty called Waiting for a Star to Fall oh. by Boy Meets Girl. Uh, with those guys. Uh, well, if that was the love song of the 80s, mall genre, then this is the love song of new country. Play. <laughs> I really thought you were saying something in French. Mall genre. Mall genre. Mall genre. Mall genre. This is the, the love song of new country. Play yeah. a little greatest love story by Lanco, and let's kick this off. Mall genre. Mall genre. <laughs> <laughs> I am Jean-Pierre. <laughs> that feels so good. That's amazing. They said I was nothing but a troublemaker, never up to no good. You were the perfect all-American girl, wouldn't touch me even if you could. But you were sneaking out your window every night, riding shotgun in my car. We go to the river and find a spot And we probably went a little too far Just a little too far Cause I was gonna be your forever And you were gonna be my wife We didn't know any better Didn't have a clue about life But I was what you wanted You were what I needed And we could meet in between There we go, kids. Oh, good stuff. That is The Greatest Love Story by Lanco from the 2018 album Hallelujah Nights, written by Brandon Lancaster, who we're going to talk to. Oh, dude, hang around. In we just a little bit. Great interview with that guy. One of the, uh, not one of the, the accidental funniest interview oh, man. that we've ever done. That's right. Yeah, we've discovered that all three of us went to the same college. Yeah. And uh, magnificence the, of suitcase drumming and just good stuff. We discovered that essentially we discovered that JP and Brandon Lancaster <laughs> may have shared a bed. <laughs> I think. That's right. Uh, we're gonna we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> Hang but, around. You're gonna like it. Yeah. From the 2018 album Hallelujah Nights, it went number one on the Billboard Hot Country Songs chart, number one on Billboard Country Airplay, number 45 on the Hot 100, and number 37 on the U.S. Adult Top 40. It went to number two on the Canadian country chart and number 57 on the Canadian Hot 100. It is certified gold, selling more than a half million copies in the U.S. to date and certified two times platinum in Canada. Man. In this day and age. Canadians love them some Lanco. Damn. uh, In this day and age for a country band to sell that many copies, to sell that many copies is really impressive. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Uh, it just it's really... With streaming and everything, like... Yeah, you know... To sell that. Selling maybe. copies now is really, awesome. really hard. Um, so that's that's really impressive. Um, basically, this song is the story of you and me during the course of a season. <laughs> it's all love. You know what I mean? It's this. We're going to be the greatest love story this town has ever seen. And then we hit rivalry week. That's right. We split for a bit. That's right. We're like, we better do this apart from each other. Uh-huh. And then we get back together. We get back on the bike. That's right. I'm right in the back. <laughs> no, you're on the back. I'm yeah. driving. That's the way this video is yeah. going to look. <laughs> Absolutely. We're popping a Wheatley. We realized that we were the thing we were missing all along. All along. It was always you. Um, (laughs) All right. But we're just in episode two of this, so we're in the fresh stages. It's love for weeks and weeks Welcome, everybody, to episode two of season nine. Come on. Trucking along. Yeah, can't believe it. Uh, little. This is a little different in vibe than YMCA last week. Correct. Uh, That's right. You know, kind of a, a, a little different thing here with Lanco. <laughs> we went for a, a chiller vibe. Uh, really, really sweet. 
So uh, let's talk about uh, just a few listening notes from me. Um, I love, first of all, I know this is a really simple thing and it happens all the time, but it just struck me listening to this at home through my monitors. And of course it gets you when you're, um, you know, listening in headphones, but check out these, just the stereo acoustics at the beginning are really beautiful. Let's hear these. Those guitars sound great. Yeah. Just nice. And they're in like perfect time, you know, just beautiful. It's almost sounds like one guitar, you know what I mean? That's just like mic'd in two different positions sure. and split. It's, I mean, it's very, very, gotta very be nice. layered though, as much as, yeah, it's I feel thick. like it's probably two and it's probably, you know, in this day and age, you can really, really, just really, copy. you just can copy it. Well, no, it. if you copied it, it would sound, it would, still sound, it would like sound the one. same, just split, you yeah. know, um, you can, you can, Okay, so here's a little here's a little production technique for everybody who's a little learning. Little pan trick here for you. A little pan trick. What's going to happen if you if you take a, an acoustic guitar or a vocal or anything? Uh, if it's panned up the middle, it's just going to sound like it's coming from the middle. It's going to be just right in the center of your head if you're listening to headphones or, or on monitors. Um, but if you take that same signal and copy it, paste it, so that you've got two signals, and then you pan one all the way to the left and pan the other one all the way to the right. You know what's going to happen? Nothing. It's yeah. still going to sound like it's coming from the middle of your head. Um, but if you take one of those signals and uh, either scoot it backwards or forwards just a little bit to offset, I'm talking like, you know, tiny, tiny, Point tiny zero something. Yeah, like the, the, you know, almost the smallest amount that your workstation will allow, then it gives you kind of a big stereo spread. It's still going to sound the same, but it definitely gives you a thing, and it'll make them separate in your ears. Um, it won't separate in your ears un- unless you separate the timing. Good, but um, so I, but I don't think this to me sounds like these are two separately recorded guitars, and but they are in a perfect time. And of course, that can be tweaked digitally too, a little bit the timing, but it just sounds like I like that you can hear the attack. Like you can hear the what the right hand is doing if it's a yeah. left, if it's you know a right handed guitar. Yeah, and then that ooh that tasty guitar over that four chord. His vocals got some slap delay going. We've talked about before where you hear it's just a little slight delay and it's warm. There's it's it's not a bright delay with a little distortion on it maybe on the on the on the. On the Slap delay only. I like that car is two syllables right there. Car. And then this four chord. Come on, that just feels so good. You got a banjo coming in here. We didn't know Banjo's on the left side. That's just that's just good, dude. That uh that four chord gives me Bruce Hornsby vibes for a reason I'm not certain of why okay. yet, and I don't know that I want to know because I don't want to like I don't want this to make me think of a Bruce Hornsby song yeah, or something. And it's not piano heavy. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just there's something about that four chord and his vocal delivery there that makes me think of a Bruce Hornsby like ad lib okay. somehow. But anyway, I love it. Um, listen to this. Listen to the snare hits at the very end of the song. This is a really neat production thing. Uh, this is at about 3.48. We're right at the very end of the song. Take a listen to this, these snare hits. This is at the very end of the song. It's right before the last line of the entire song, okay? Listen to the snare hits. I think it might actually happen one other time in the song at least. But take a listen right here, and I'll explain it, what I think, is, what I think I'm hearing. We're going to be the greatest love story this town has right here. Catch that? Let's listen one more time. What I want you to listen for is what I think is happening here is we've got four snare hits. The snare is going kaka kaka. But I only hear two. Two of them are oh, all re- reverb. Really pronounced. Okay. Yeah. So two of them, I think the main mic sound has been removed and it's maybe room mic only okay. or or whatever short reverb they're using. Because you'll hear if you listen, and you might you might have to listen in headphones or on monitors, you hear kaka and then you hear two more, but it's like in a distance, it just sounds like rub. Somebody's rubbing a trash can with a with a uh, sponge or something. It's so faint, okay. like so. Take a listen. Gonna be the greatest love story this town has ever seen. There you go. We're gonna be. Oh, you yeah. hear him? I heard it's, him in the back. It's it. You hear the 
you hear the ghost of uh-huh. a snare drum, yeah. right? Doing Good. doing two sixteenths there. Um, and so I think what that is is they've muted the snare mic. They they didn't want the full ka-ka-ka-ka. They wanted something a little softer. Yeah. So they muted the snares, but left you still the, get the feeling of it mm-hmm. without the mics are still on being That's present good. I like there. that i like so, that yeah, i thought that was really That's cool good, good ear um, and that i didn't is, even hear the sec- the second set the oh, first yeah. time we were listening through because i was so focused on focused <laughs> you were focused. So focused you're on so the, focused on the uh ca-ca. and then yeah yeah good. so and we'll we'll get to jay joyce here in a little bit the producer that's probably uh an idea of his he's uh he's an interesting guy and so, definitely hang around to the interview to hear how they met you guys are gonna love that yes story. very cool story very cool story there uh let's see what other um I got a little something on the video. Um, it's basically oh, yeah, sure. your uh, junior high school boy running through school, cr- crush on the girl, turns into high school kids, sneaking out, riding on bikes, right. like me and Rob were joking about. Uh, she leaves for college, finds a new guy. So the star Jerk. in this show keeps checking his mailbox. College boyfriend doesn't work out, as said in the song. So he gets down on the knee and proposes at the end. Um, so, yeah. And, you know, maybe it resonates a little bit because we're so Southern. And that's a that's mm. a Southern story. It is. Right there. This is like this video is a Southern story sung by a Southern artist or yeah. a country artist. And uh, maybe I'm sentimentalizing a little over because of our Southern roots. But it's really home. Hard, <laughs> hard home. It's good. It's good stuff. It's really hard, 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 hard home. Yes. Uh, let's see. And also, I don't know if you noticed, but the, the lyrics, leave it to me to listen to the lyrics. Hey, how about uh, that? The lyrics turn at the end, the very last line, it, the whole song is, we're going to be the greatest love yeah. story this town has ever seen. Mm-hmm. The last line, well, not the very last line. The last song is, so will you, uh, will you, was it marry me? No. What is it he says? Will you, uh, will you say yes to me? Well, baby, say yes to me. Say yes to me. Yeah. But the next line before that. Greatest love story this world has ever seen. We're going global now. World. Yeah. The whole whole world. Forget the town. Yeah. Uh, this song I love because it feels more like the country music that I love. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Not that it's not commercial. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely... It's tailor-made for like movie and TV licensing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's perfect for Well produced. Like yeah. But it's what I'm saying is... It's not the bro country mm-hmm. that almost ruined country music for me. Yep. You know what I mean? That saying. almost made me just drop country music out of my life forever. Mm-hmm. Um, case in point, actually, as pointed out in a Rolling Stone interview, the line about you were sneaking out your window every night. Winder? I just said winder. Dude, embracing wow. that southernness. It's really coming out. It's that winder. <laughs> you, you're out there winder. And I got, automatically, <laughs> I have dip in my mouth now. I don't know how. <laughs> I have a chaw in between my cheek and gum. Somehow he got uh, a, uh, some hayseed yeah. sticking out his just, mouth. Wow. <laughs> um, sorry. The, he, but you were sneaking out your window every night, riding shotgun in my car. They were urged to change that line and make it truck. So it would be more quote unquote country, country right? Because that was the every that's the that's the uh, stereotype. But you don't want to rhyme with truck in that scenario. <laughs> you gotta go car and far. You're, you're right. <laughs> you're right. But that was the the every like bro country song. You know, are singing about a certain subset of words. And I read in an interview with Jay Joyce, the the producer, that he was you know he he honestly is very was like. I kind of hate a lot of country music uh-huh. um, and it's, it, I hate it's over commercialized and it sucks and they all talk about the same things and mm-hmm. it's all, you know, whatever and he's like, and I can always tell when guys have been writing together. Cause I'll get like four demos in a row that all use the word Detroit or, you know what I mean? Like it's, and he's, he's like, it just totally turns me off. But, um, but that was, you know, it was all about the same stuff. It was dancing in the headlights uh-huh. and blue jeans and my truck and uh-huh. all the, you know, whatever. Yeah. Not that those things are bad, but it just got overworked and yeah. every single song yeah. was about, yeah. you know, Riding in my blue jeans on a you know in my uh, truck dancing in the headlights at a whatever at a, uh, under the under the uh, Friday night lights yeah. and all the you know and as somebody from a southern town not everybody drives a truck yeah some people have sedans right I mean no on a Ford Taurus is still selling in that's you right. know in, in Athens and <laughs> okay. Chattanooga that's wherever right. like yeah. people are buying Chevy Impalas yeah. and yeah you know whatever Accord come on I mean it's a reliable <laughs> car it's that's delightful right. that's right <laughs> I know Toyota is not American but that's okay they are reliable yeah you're right you doggone it. <laughs> Um, so, and I, and I saw that Brandon Lanco was like, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't make myself do it because I never drove a truck. Mm-hmm. He's like, I didn't drive a truck. He said, what did he say? He said, I had a, I had a truck for like a week and then I took it back. Cause it just wasn't, yeah. it just wasn't me. 
Um, and so he was like, no, I'm not going to do it, you know? That's the most uncountry thing ever, to take a vehicle back. <laughs> right? They're like, get out of Nashville. That's right. <laughs> um, How does the seven-day return policy work is not country <laughs> at all. <laughs> that's right. It's more country to just leave it on the side of the that's road right. and <laughs> just go get yourself a horse or whatever, I guess. Um, I like to pretend this song is the prequel to another song. Okay. And I'll say, let's play, I'm going to play a little mini Stump the Genius here, Oh, okay? man. Oh, Let's goodness. do this. I'm going to see how long it takes you uh, to guess what song this is. Okay. Okay, but to me, in my heart, it do, the storyline doesn't follow exactly, but I want Greatest Love Story. To end and this to start. To end and this to start, and so it is the prequel then to this song. I'll give you a hint. It's from the 90s. You'll okay. know immediately it's from the 90s, but let's see how long it takes you to guess it. This is Greatest Love Story Part 2, also known as. Well, I met her out at Murphy's Restaurant. She said she was fresh from the farm. And I remember thinking for a country girl that she went pretty well armed. Similar rhyme scheme there. Yeah. Got a clue who it is? No You'll know Mark the chorus for know. sure. Sammy Kershaw. Okay. Here we go. You don't know this song? I don't know this song. Queen of my double wide trailer? I don't know this song. Sorry to disappoint. All wow. You Dang her black heart and her pretty red neck. This may be way wrong, and you may be like, you're an idiot. Why would you say that? But is Sammy Kershaw blind? No. Who am I confusing him Ronnie with? Ronnie Millsap? Ronnie Millsap. Okay. That's the name I was trying to. Okay. Yeah, Ronnie Millsap is blind. Yeah, so that's Sammy Kershaw. Sammy like, Kershaw. Yeah, not on my radar. It's like, enough. this is after, they get married, but she's okay. still kind of problem, you know, uh-huh. she still runs away, they still have troubles every now and then, and whatever. Queen that's, of my double wide trailer. kind of feels the yes. same, just in a more 90s, a little more 90s way. Yeah. Um, but it gives me that same whatever. So I, I'm going to I'm gonna mark those as always to play back to back in okay. my heart. In the same way that I said. It's uh, like they did a prequel, like, of the Star Wars. The, yes. the, uh, this one came out first, but That's these right. are the prequels that they released later. That's right. 20, 20 years later, they came out with the prequel to the original. It's like uh, in last season, I said uh, uh, the Night Game song, uh, letter from, uh, Postcard from the City of Angels, is a prequel to uh, Love in Los Angeles by Dave, Dave Barnes. Barnes yep. Listen to those back to back. Listen to these back to back. Well, and, I uh, feel like since we just did Stump the Genius, it's let's transition into, let's go ahead and play Stump the Genius. Let's We're going to play it. Let's do it. Bring it. Stump the Genius. Your part. And the Redwood Deck. All right. We're going to play Stump the Genius band names formed from names of singer singers. Okay. So Brandon Lancaster sure. is the front man, lead vocalist of Lanco. Lanco. So hence the name Lanco. That's right. Lancaster and Company. There you go. So band names formed from names of singer slash singers. Okay. Um, so be like Van Halen, sure. Bon Jovi. Those okay. are pretty easy. Um, so I'm going to give you. Let me see how many seconds of each of these. I think you'll get. I think I'm cheering for you to go five for five. I, okay. I tried to make it. Make this as another one. I'm cheering for you. It's Valentine's week, so want to want to be in good standings. Um, the first one might be the tough. I don't know. We'll see. So I'm going to play. We'll say ten seconds of each. I didn't sync up a time mark to play, but here we go. Okay. Well, I'll get fifteen seconds. Fifteen seconds of each to name these bands. Here we go. So these are singer, uh, singer, singers. Stuff the genius. Here we go. Here's number one. Uh, oh no! Oh, don't do the intro twice. I need some vocals. I'll give you a few more extra seconds here to give you at least a vocal. This is a band, though. It's not. It's a band. I'll give you one vocal. When the visions are that is all you get. Uh, uh, dude, I, let me give you ten more seconds. I do not I'll think I know ten, this. I'll give you ten seconds. Like I know that I'm gonna know, but I'll give you. Maybe I'll give you a few extra seconds. Wow. Seconds of grace. Here we go. When the visions around you 
Is that Fred Savage Garden? <laughs> that is in sync. This I promise you. In sync is named after the members of the band. So we've got. They're the last letters of all their first names. No, just in in for Timberlake, Chris Kirkpatrick the S, Joey Fatone the Y in Joey, Jason Galasso the N, and J C Chavez. Holy in sync! How you just blew my mind. There we with go. That. All right, because I, the best I could get was was in sync, but I was like, that doesn't make any. That sense. That doesn't make any sense to a name. Wow. So there you go. There's your lesson. The more you know. Number two. Here we go. This is Abba. This is Abba. Okay. So, uh, Agnetha, Bjorn, Benny, and Annie Freed. Okay. So, there's Abba. So, here we go. Moving on to number three. I don't get Abba. This is uh, uh, the, uh, the White Stripes. This is the White Stripes. Seven Very Nation good. Army. Jack and Meg, white. Number four. Here Great we go. Great song, man. Dang. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you 40 seconds of this one. 40, that's a but, lot. Because I want to get you to some vocals. Yeah, I. You'll know the song. Yeah, I feel like I should know it already. Although I might be confusing it. Maybe I'll skip ahead a little bit. Yeah, give me some. Is this the, the um, Doobie ahead. Brothers? No, but the Almond Brothers. It's. Uh, This is Bachman Turner Overdrive. Oh, my word. Wow. We got Randy and Robbie Bachman and Fred Turner. All right. Shame on me. Two for four. Wow. You're going to get this last one because we're going to bring it on home. If this is pass or fail. This is is for the win. I believe in you. And we're going to start at minute 120. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We're going to play through it, everyone. Wow. It's been a minute. It's been a minute since we've ridden that tiger. This would be Dio. Man, I wish he was still alive. Oh, man. We would get this guy. Everybody. Holy diver. You've been gone so long in the midnight sea. Oh, what's becoming of me? My Everybody. Here we go. Let's ride it. love this song. Ride the tiger. There we you go. You see his strengths, but you know he's clean. Oh, good stuff. Oh, man. There we go, guys. Dio bringing it on wow. home with a little I would have never dog. imagined right, right when I was like 20 that I would grow up to have kids who loved Dio. Dio. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have never imagined five years ago that I would have played Holy Diver as many times as I have over the past four years and gotten the enjoyment. Out Man, of we've got to do something with that song somehow. We've got to we've got to have a Dio appearance. For on those that. of you guys that just joined us, just go back and pick an episode and odds are good there's going to be a Dio <laughs> reference somewhere. So. It's weird because neither one of us are like Dio super fans or if anything. If you said, JP, name me one other Dio song right yeah. now, I don't think I could do it. I'm could not you? sure I could either. I mean, I'd have to take some some thought, but uh, yeah, we're not diehard Dionis. Yeah, but uh, it just worked out that way. Holy I don't Dionis. even remember why. I don't, I don't even remember, remember how the it episode. You do Bald, or don't? I don't. Bald and long hair is the only thing I can think of. Yeah, it was before maybe. that though. I don't even know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it was maybe a Halloween episode that we did or maybe. something. Maybe I don't know. I, who, who knows? Maybe y'all can tell us. We're yeah, not going to go back you and listen. Long term fans, tell us why we started <laughs> enjoying. Know you know what? James Dio. You know what? First person that sends us a, a message or a, a DM or mentions us somewhere that can tell us the first uh, episode the incarnation of the Dio of the Dio running joke. We'll send you something. We'll send you a prize of unspeakable something value. Good. Some so, real, something real good. Not an autographed Ray Stevens card that right. we autographed ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> we'll no. send, yeah, we'll, we'll send s- you something of value. Yeah, we'll do it. Uh, we'll send you a prize of speakable value. There you go. Um, just let us let us know where the where the do first do reference is. We'll do it. Okay. Uh, wow. Okay. I was that was uh an, a disappointing beginning to stump the genius for me. I'm sorry. I apologize right. hey, to we everyone. Something we learned about those of y'all. Made out of no. I feel like the people that'll listen to and enjoy this episode. Do you think they listen to NSYNC? No, I think probably. Yeah, no, you'd maybe. be surprised. Similar. You'd be surprised. NSYNC listeners, I mean, now are older millennials, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, and of course, they're another generation of, you know? So, yeah, I mean, you think I've definitely. I mean, five guys in Lanco, five guys in NSYNC. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> it's the crossover that. That needs to happen, I that's guess. Right, right. Maybe I don't know. Does it? Oh, let's uh quickly. I won't go deep on meet the band, but since we met them or named them a yeah. little bit, let's let's name them. Okay. Let's meet. Let's meet Lenko. Let's do it. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, 
Guys, quickly, we're going to meet the band of Lanko. We talked to There it is, Ronnie. Yeah. <laughs> Ronnie, it's time to, time to exit. Sorry. It's not okay. your moment. The, uh, on lead vocals, we mentioned Brandon Lancaster um, on bass guitar, Chandler Baldwin on keyboards, Jared Hampton on drums, and the occasional suitcase, which we'll talk about <laughs> uh, with Brandon in the interview, uh, Trip Howell, and on guitar, Eric Steedley. So, uh, good band there with Lanko. So, there you go. You guys know them go. now. Normally, uh, normally JP's like, you know, on guitar, so-and-so, and they played on blah, 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 played and on blah, this blah, and blah. this and that. But it's like... But this is the band. Like, <laughs> these, they have been loyal to these guys. And, they, and they're, like, brand new. They're fairly ish, new. You know? Ish, yeah. Most of the people that we've covered, those of y'all that have looked back through our back catalog, um, most have a, a greater body of work in terms of length uh, in the past. Yeah, right. Um, just more older stuff. Yeah. I guess is a better way to but phrase these it. guys, we'd have to dig into, like, their high school bands that's or right. whatever to be, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right. He played in Strike Force in high school or whatever. <laughs> Strike Force, that's, like, know, that's a good one. Surely there's a, there was definitely a band called Strike Force in the 80s. That's right. If it, you played in Strike Force. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please let us know. Uh, we'll gladly interview Send you. another <laughs> yeah, a uh, little more on Lanco and Hallelujah Nights, the album this came from. Um, they were nominated in 2018 for an AMA, that's an American Music Award, for Favorite Duo or Group Country. Uh, and they were nominated twice for two CMT Awards that year for Group Video of the Year uh, 2019, Born to Love You, and also for Breakthrough Video of the Year. I, I love this. I don't know why, and I don't know if they meant it this way or not, but... Their first EP was called Extended Play, which is literally what EP, what EP is short for. for. But when you say it like that, it sounds like we're going to have fun for a while, mm-hmm. right? Extended Play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that was cool. I love that little touch. I don't know. My favorite hook of the year 2021 okay. belongs to Lanco. Okay. Okay. Wow. I, I thought big- this through. And I'm pretty sure they had a song in early 2021. I think it came out in like February. Um, and uh, okay, it's, as songwriters, you're always looking for a killer hook and something creative that paints a picture. And the best hooks just hit you like a ton of bricks and make you go, oh my gosh, of course. You know what I mean? When you hear them, mm-hmm. the whole thing just sort of lays out in front of you concept-wise. You sure. know what I mean? Um, and so every now and then you get hit with a hook that is so genius you go, how is this not a song already, right? How is this not a song that everyone knows already? Because it sounds so perfect, and it makes such sense, even just from the title, okay? Yeah. So in this case, I'm so glad that I read the title first before I heard the song because there's a double meaning that makes it just completely sweeter. They had a song called Near, Near Misses. Misses. Oh, dude, it's great. Come yeah. on! Yeah, Near Misses, <laughs> MRS. Uh-huh. It when I read that I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. I cannot believe it's like, it's like I can't believe you got to that before me. You yeah. know what I mean? It's uh-huh. almost like I hate you for that. Yeah. That is so brilliant. Uh, near misses, and it's like a um, the song itself is just perfect. Yeah. It's she it's was like tan and sa- she was classy from Southern Tallahassee. Yeah, it, it's like <laughs> a shout out to all the near misses because if I hadn't met if I hadn't had all these near misses, I never would have met yeah, you. Absolutely. That's basically the the concept. And my gosh, what an idea for a hook when you can like. When you're talking to another songwriter and you lay out a hook to them like that, the reaction that you get yeah, is yeah. like no other. You know yeah. what I mean? I remember one time there was a song that I that I co-wrote with a guy, and um, and it was it, it was a country song actually, um, and it was in the middle of the recession in like 2008 2009 when it was like oh my gosh this is yeah. the pits, and it was it was after this. Um, there was a long-standing uh, cell phone ad. I think it was for Verizon, and they had this. This their tagline was "More bars in more places," and we wrote this song called "More bars in more places" about the recession, uh-huh. right? And it was like, you know, the idea was, um, you know, it would have a rhyme that was like, you know, uh, it's enough to drive a man to drink, and unless something changes, we're gonna need more bars in more places, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And I remember uh, my friend telling me he sh- he showed it to this guy who was a who was a country artist. He said he handed him the CD and it had the title written on him, 
And the guy just said, I, I can't even say what the guy said because he swore, but he just he just shook his head and swore at the guy because it hit it hit him like that. And that's yeah. one of the proudest things I've ever yeah. had as a songwriter is like, you know, uh-huh. made this guy who gets it go, oh my gosh, I hate uh-huh. you for this. That's good. <laughs> Near misses. Brilliant. Great. Come on, Lane. Good call. Good call. Let's talk a little bit about Jay Joyce. We've met the yeah, band. Go ahead. Um, he is a legendary producer. He's produced all of Eric Church's stuff. Uh, but he really is a rock guy. He considers himself a rock guy, played in rock bands in the 90s. He was kind of an um, honorary member of the Wallflowers. He played a lot of guitars on Bringing Down the Horse, and uh, he produced the Wallflowers 2012 album, Glad All Over. He's known for being kind of a wild card, um, loose cannon, whatever you want to say, a rogue. You know, uh, he, He's unpredictable. And uh, he's very outspoken, and and it seems like he's kind of a little grumpy too. <laughs> he lives; he's kind of a recluse. He really, he kind of he. Okay, so if I remember this right, he lives in the basement of an abandoned church that turned into a crack house that he then turned into a studio. Okay, and he lives in the basement. Okay, so like, and he just doesn't leave much. He'll yeah. like you know go out and get some lunch, but it's pretty much he's staying uh-huh. in the studio. And so I think the main part of the church building. Uh, the, the, the sanctuary he's converted into his studio yep. and then he just lives underneath it in the basement and he's just like freaking just making music all day yeah. chain smoking cigarettes and <laughs> and making music like the you know kind of the old school Think way about the smell of that if it's an old church yeah sm- i mean it's, that has it, a certain smell it's got its own smell yeah so. and then it was a crack house yeah and now it's a smoke-filled studio. Yeah. That's yeah, that's yeah. a real mix of smells and atmospheres. That's right. Um, so anyway, he but he uh not only produced this, but he he played a bunch of instruments on Hallelujah Nights and um and just you, you talk to people about him and they go, they go, Yeah, he's kind of an odd duck, but the guy's brilliant. Yeah. Like and he has a, a really unique approach to um, you know, production and he's very sort of singular in his focus. He's like, I'm only gonna do stuff that pops me. And if, if you don't like it, I don't care uh-huh. you know, from an industry level. Um, and I read that for a lot of, uh, a long time, he was almost considered like too dangerous. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He was a, he wasn't yet a calculated risk. He was only a he risk, was a risk, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but now it's like once, I think it was once Eric Church's first album came out and blew up that people went, holy smokes. You yeah. know what I mean? And as a producer, he, he really, really took off. Lives here in East Nashville. Yep. Um, I don't know what the church was in East Nashville. I didn't look it up, but apparently. He also played guitar with Crowded House and Macy Gray. There you go. He wrote Save Me for Mark Broussard, one of my favorite songs. Oh, really? Well, there you go. There you go. That's awesome. Well, that's what I've got on uh, Jay Joyce. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Do you have any uh, Valentine's or un-Valentine's traditions or whatnot? Me and my wife, we uh, every year we eat crystals on Valentine's. And watch a scary movie. Um, Crystal's always been part of our love story, but scary movie's kind of a new adaptation. <laughs> our first Valentine's, we wanted to be kind of un-Valentine's. I think okay. we did like a ghost tour. And I, I don't remember much a about... A ghost tour? I don't remember much about that. I just have a picture of us cutting this head off this stuffed bear, trying to be really un-Valentine's. Do okay. you have any kind of uh, Valentine's traditions or anything? Is there... I... No, not really. We're boring, dude. Nah. We don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, we hope that you guys out there have a wonderful Valentine's. Hope you right. got somebody special with you. If not, shoot us a message, and we'll give you an uh, uplifting. Uh, we'll send you a heart emoji. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I did forget to mention that this song appeared in the Netflix show The Ranch. Okay, um, and it appeared in season twenty-two of The Bachelor okay. for all the Bachelor fans. There you go. Uh, season twenty-two of The Bachelor in the episode where Ari took CN to a Lanco concert, and they danced on stage. OMG. <laughs> they danced together and looked into each other's eyes and swung around, and you could tell by watching their body language it wasn't going to happen between them. I, I could just tell. I could tell. CN is not in for this thing for the long haul. Not even but, uh, Lanco could keep them together. That's right, but they're they're playing on stage. They You know, they're doing the whole thing, and, and uh, they're just dancing, you know, whatever, whatever. Bachelor. I'm not a Bachelor guy, but I have friends who are very much Bachelor and Bachelorette uh, people. It's like a... A pseudo religious gathering for we them. We watched one season where Wes was his name. Wes, I just messed that. Oh, man, he's a radio DJ. I can holler up to my wife and ask her <laughs> who the guy was that we watched because one of the radio DJs here was on the on the really on the Bachelor. Okay, Wells Adams. Yeah, Wells Adams. Wells Adams. There you JP go. JP just literally yelled at his wife. I yelled to my Valentine. Yelled got, to his wife, not yelled at his wife. Hi, <laughs> bye. bye. <laughs> ah, the meatloaf. <laughs> If you don't tell me the name of this DJ. What was that show we watched? 
Well, that guy. Happy Valentine's, everybody. Happy Valentine's. Enjoy uh, our hangout time with Brandon Lancaster. Yes, Super we cool. certainly did. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. You guys are going to like this. Surprises ahead. That's right. And right. we'll be back at the end. We'll come tuck you in at the end. But first, don't forget to go to Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Follow us on all of them at Great Song Pod. You can go to greatsongpodcast.com for archives and more. Send us voice messages. Be part of the Facebook group, Great Songs, and the great people who love them greatly. Or if you want to go the extra mile and help us produce the show, you can become a Patreon producer at patreon.com slash greatsongpod. And if you do that, throw a little support our way. We can say thank you by giving you early release, extended episodes, bonus shows, and more. If you want to do that, go to patreon.com slash great song pod. All right, we're going to go talk to Brandon Lancaster. We'll see you in just a few minutes. This is the great song podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here with Brandon Lancaster, AKA the lead singer and uh, namesake of Lanco namesake name inspiration. I don't really know how that works. Words are hard. Uh, Brandon, thank you so much for joining us today on the great song podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. And if you need to correct my grammar at any point, just feel free. I, <laughs> I know I use that. Poorly, hey, so. hey, it's all good. I'm from Tennessee, so I don't know if my grammar's grammar's the best. Yeah, right. So are we. Yeah, so. You're, you're speaking our language. Yeah, I was going to make a grammar grandpa joke, like grandma, Ew. grandpa, but that would have been good. Yeah, we, I'm from East Tennessee originally. Uh, so is Rob. Yeah. Um, currently in Nashville, but right. uh, yeah. I'm still Chattanooga. Okay, I I know uh, I know East. I'm from Middle Tennessee. I'm from Smyrna, Tennessee, and I actually went to school out in Cleveland, Tennessee. Oh, Dude, no where'd you go? I went to Lee University. Shut you up. did not. So did we. We graduated from Lee. Both of us are Levites. No way. What? Uh, when did y'all graduate? A long uh, time ago. Because we're old. I graduated in '03. So and I dropped okay. out. And in Rob 02. dropped out. <laughs> hey, that's all good. Trust me. I uh, I. So I graduated in 12, but I uh, definitely was a person that I felt so guilty because when I, you know, I actually did finish. And when I, I finished, I felt so guilty because my plan the whole time I was in college was to drop out. Like that was going to be <laughs> part of my story. It was like, because I just, I just feel like, I don't know. I, I grew up on a lot of rock and roll and you just hear so many stories of, you know, dropping out, getting in your car, living out of your car, whatever. And I remember finishing school and my, my, the girl, you know, the girl I was dating in college, I'm married to now. And. And uh, you know, I remember every semester I'd go to this whole thing like, this is it. I'm not taking classes. I'm dropping out. I'm, I'm moving to Nashville. I'm living out of my car. And I just never – what happened was I realized that I could just go to like a couple classes a day and work a side job and like have more time to work on music than working 40 hours a week. So I ended up finishing. But yeah, Cleveland, Tennessee, I know it well. You wow. wanted to be Scott Stapp. <laughs> uh, yes, literally. That's yes. That's awesome. Wow. Well, you, yeah, we, you uh, finished college. What a disappointment you must be. Yeah. I know. Well, I did it. Trust me. Going to Lee, I, I, I did quite a few things that I – at that school, probably could have gotten kicked out for like <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, I stayed in Medlin Hall. But did, did you stay on campus any freshman year or anything? I stayed in Medlin my Shut freshman year. Shut your wow. mouth. Are we related? I was Medlin basement, <laughs> Medlin underground west side. So there you go. There you go. I was, see, I was on the second. I was the underground, the basement was like cool and wild. <laughs> and I was always so mad that I didn't live down there because that was where it was. That was more my vibe, the underground. <laughs> we have some stories we will share after this, but I, uh, I'm sure our listeners don't want to hear that much about Lee University. Yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. No, we that was great. We directed it there. We went yeah, there. We loved it. No, I'm actually going to ask one more question, actually. What was your, what <laughs> was right. your major at Lee? Okay, so my major was communications. So um, it was mine. <laughs> it was like a, so I had like a PR emphasis, Me and too. it really came I, – I can tie this into music, though, which is – I, I had no clue what I was going to do, and I wanted to study music. Um, but but at Lee, it was very church music oriented, which is fine. But it wasn't. I was more interested in like the music business side of it, mm -hmm. and and or I didn't want to be in an ensemble or a choir. Um, I wanted to rock, you know, yeah. play country music or whatever. And so I had I saw an internship opening at a studio, but they didn't need any more engineers. They needed like communications people, like marketing mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I. I pretty much declared my major so that I could work in a studio. And once I worked at that studio, I really didn't do any much for my major. I just worked in the studio and like learned how to record and, and all that stuff. And what, so what studio that kind was of that? was my path. Is it still around? Or what was I, it, was, it was called first street studio. Um, and it was, it was like this indie record label at the time. I don't, I don't think they're operating anymore, but it was called regenerate records and regenerate. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, Chris Garman. 
Garmin, right? Mill yeah. Washington. Shut up. Yes. Garmin. Wow. Yes. Me, me and Garmin are the same age. My dad was best friends with Chris Garmin's dad growing up. Wow. So, this is this is this is crazy. Wow. This is the I've 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 done a lot of these things. I've never I've, every now and then you have some some things in common with the interview people. Like this is a <laughs> like I'm wearing a blue wild. shirt. That's all. That's <laughs> yeah. common. No, we 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 live the same life. Yeah. yeah. Chris Garman's dad's nickname is Fat Giraffe. Was Fat Giraffe. <laughs> so there you go. You're not gonna hear that. You're gonna hear that n- n- dynamite drop in there. <laughs> there you go, Fat wow. Giraffe. That's great. That's good. That yeah, I had I had classes with Chris at Lee, and and <laughs> I was a great I was a music major until I couldn't couldn't do it anymore. I actually had the same experience. I was like, dude, I want to rock. And so I literally walked in, not knowing, and my my advisor, I'll never forgive him for not telling me this, but like I didn't know that their guitar major was uh, classical only. So I walk in, first day for my like guitar lessons, I literally walk in with a little uh, Marshall 110 combo and a PV yeah. Wolfgang, you know, and I'm like, all right, dude, let's do it. And I op- yeah. And I open the door and the guy's sitting there with like long ponytail and super long fingernails. And he's reading like a, uh, you know, like a fantasy novel. And I was like, Oh no. He's got an Esteban poster hanging up. <laughs> oh man. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I learned that also, I, you know, and so you, find a way it all it all worked out and i like my experience at lee i really i made a lot of great friends i actually met my wife there um so it all worked out outstanding wow that's all right that was Very, an intro for yeah. you guys there thanks so much though. this is yeah. called finding out you live in a super small world okay <laughs> yeah all right let's talk a little bit about your music uh career post lee university uh and <laughs> yeah. what's going on now tell us how you how, how lanco formed and and how all that got started all right. Well, I'm feeling better. I'm literally sitting here feeling bad because I'm like, all right, listeners are this. This really is like a couple minutes of something that is irrelevant. But if we're going to tell the origin story of Lanco, we actually have to go back to Lee University. Wow. Boom! Um, what a tie-in. Goodness gracious. Yeah. And so you know, I was doing music there, and I, I was always since I was in high school, I've, or really middle school, I've always been playing music and forming bands and writing songs because I I grew up outside of Nashville in Smyrna, Tennessee. So I was exposed to songwriting and music at a really young age and so it when i was in school at college um i was just always putting together bands whatever and we uh there was like this music festival that was taking place at lee and i was in a band at the time and we had like you know the one o'clock slot and there were like 15 (laughs) people there um and then this other band was playing uh they played later and um and i just hung out with them that night and kind of you know we hit it off and i found out that the one of the guys in that band was moved to Nashville the same time that I was moving back to Nashville. And so we met at that festival at Lee and then in Nashville just started hanging out and him and I were hanging out. And then the three other guys, Jared Chandler and Eric, they all went to MTSU. And so I, I met some songwriters from MTSU and they, I told them I was putting a band together and they introduced me to those three guys. And then, the five of us, uh, yeah, started hanging out. So by process of elimination, I'm guessing it was Trip that was there at the uh, at the show in Lee. It was Trip, yes. Playing dr- was he playing drums or was he playing something else there? He actually he was playing bass at the okay. time. And so yeah, his uh, him and his brother had a band, and his brother was a singer. Which once again, small world help, and we're you know we've always been a tight knit community in the Lanco world. I'm actually today. <laughs> Uh, writing with his brother, who was the singer of that band, because he's a songwriter and, and now plays for Jimmy Allen. Um, so, That's yeah, cool. small world. I, I didn't know if wow. Trip was playing bass, drums, or suitcase, uh, because that <laughs> seems to be a good common substitution uh, for you guys. Well, actually, my favorite version of Greatest Love Story, I heard y'all do live on Nash 95.1, and Trip was rocking the suitcase. I was like, man, that's so cool. And then I've a lot of your versions is has him playing suitcase. So that's a- yeah, that's a that's we you know when you first start out get a record deal, you start going out to radio stations and showing what you got. But it's always in these like conference rooms or small settings. You know, you can't put on a full show. And we literally were traveling so much. Trip realized like I can just hit this suitcase I'm carrying around, and that's, that's awesome. my drum. So it became a thing. That's so cool. I got one other gear follow up question uh, on the video of Greatest Love Story. You're playing in a gym, and you're playing your acoustic guitar through a Fender electric amp. Is that a common thing that you do, or was that primarily for the video or for the sounds of the video? That was a, an odd combination for me. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is an odd combination. Uh, that is definitely, I'll say this, it's a video thing for sure. Uh, in the recording process, not on that particular song, Greatest Love Story, but, um, you know, working with Jay Joyce, he's very big, and I love it because I'm like this too, of not wanting things to sound like 
they normally sound on every other record. And so, you know, even recording, there's times where it's like, let's run this acoustic through an amp and then run this amp through it. You know, let's put it in the bathroom and get this sound. <laughs> and so that's something we've done. We didn't do it on that song, but yeah, it was definitely, definitely a music video. Like, let's just stack amps and Fender was like, hey, we're going to put these amps in the video. And we're like, all right, cool. <laughs> bring it on, Fender. <laughs> that's right. Bring right. it. Uh, okay. So your, your bio online just sort of casually says, oh, they met Jay Joyce at a Keith Urban concert and then they signed to his publishing company and then to Arista Nashville. That sounds like a pretty simplified version of what likely actually went down. Can, can you flesh <laughs> out that story a little bit? I can. So, um, it is a. Uh, it is not as simple, but it is as crazy as it sounds. Um, at the time when when Lanco first started, you know, three of the guys were still in college, and Trip and I had just graduated, and uh, we're just you know early twenties, and we just making music, and we all work these side jobs. Pretty much when you move to Nashville, if you're a musician, this is really terrible, but you just get a job that you're like ready to get fired from um, <laughs> if you know if a show comes up or something. So we you have these odd jobs, and Trip worked at a carpet warehouse. Uh, He's from Dalton, Georgia, so he's literally carpet capital of the oh, world. Yeah. So he got oh, yeah. to hook That's up it. with a, a carpet warehouse. So we practiced there at night, and then I worked at a concession stand in Bridgestone Arena, um, literally selling hot dogs and concessions and whatever. Um, as a way, I would like work in concession stand. They would cut me, uh, you know, once like the headliner started a lot. So I would like bring a backpack and just like put clothes on and go watch the show. Nice. And I literally was working a Keith Urban Little Big Town concert, and. Uh, recognized jay i just knew who he was he's my favorite producer in town i loved the eric church stuff he had done and cage the elephant and he'd done a little bit i just loved everything that he was working on and so i knew who he was so i literally just recognized him and, and approached him and just said i'm a fan and we started talking and he had just started this publishing company and and said well man you know we'd swap numbers and he said i'd love to hear some of your stuff and he invited me out and played him some songs and he invited the band out and the band played for him and you know we didn't have a label we didn't have a man we were nobody but he just agreed that he just like let's just start making some music i don't know what's going to happen but let's just start tracking a record and that's what we did wow that's man, awesome yeah that is jay joyce is a legend for those of y'all that don't know like you said i know you name drop a bunch there but stuff with wallflowers keith urban carrie underwood i'll play guitar with crowded house macy gray he wrote my one of my favorite mark broussard songs called save me so man that's great that i would be one of the other people that would recognize him too so but you pulled it off so good job uh, yeah. good, good, good job winning at that that's awesome yeah did you offer him a hot dog we're like here's a hot dog and some popcorn and my demo <laughs> I, I, I did not but what was funny as i remember i've i've never talked about this since it happened i completely forgot about this but i you know when i left i remember he's like well yeah man just text me some time and i was like well i don't have your number and he just told me his number like real fa- and i just Oof. like really quick like put it down my phone and hoped i got it right and i went back to my stand and was like texting people like hey i gotta tell you something crazy just happened blah blah and as i'm doing that he's like hey and i look up and he's standing there he's like can I have a diet Coke? And then I had to, <laughs> that's great. We, we were, so we went from like being like fellow musicians to like, Oh yeah, I have serve to serve me. you concessions. Like, and then he was like, and I was like, uh, it's on the house. Like so I didn't make him pay for it. And that's the that's, job um, you got fired from to go on the, <laughs> yeah. they're like, that's you got to sell the Cokes. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. I love it. He's yeah. like, Hey, next big thing. How about a diet Coke? That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My number is five, five, five. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Man, that's a that's a dangerous game somebody giving you their that's like my greatest fear is somebody trying to give me their number orally and I and I just miss a number and I would be too like whatever to be like I'm sorry one more time cuz I wouldn't want to bother, yeah. you know what I mean? You don't want to bother well, Jay Joyce. You know, I mean it was already so I was like, you know, kind of had shaky hands when I was talking right. to him and I think I pulled off being cool, but I like, you know, I you just want to be cool. You got to be cool. Like that's, you know, people you really <laughs> I always tell people, you know, if you see someone that you respect or you're a fan of, like, it's okay to, unless they're eating or like having family time, like, it's okay to talk to them. They like, I don't mind when people recognize me and and want to talk to me. That's totally fine. But you you got to be cool, you know. Don't like go up and be like, hey, please give me a chance, you know, whatever <laughs> you got. And so I just went up to them and we were just talking music, and I felt like I was playing it cool. And then he was like, yeah, well, hit me up sometime. And I like started to walk. I was like, cool, cool, man, and walked away and was like, you know what? I don't have his number and I don't know if he really meant what he just said, but and I really <laughs> turned around and it was like, Hey man, real quick. I actually don't have your number. And he was like, Oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Oh God. And then he was like walking away as he was saying it. And I, to this day, don't know if he meant it, but it all worked out. Wow. That's right. It worked Here out at the end. That's great. Um, of, of the, the 
uh, Lanco catalog of songs, let's say, um, is greatest love story the song of yours that you like expected to blow up, or was there another that you guys were sitting on that you thought would be the one to just you know blow up huge first? Oh, I absolutely did not expect greatest love story to do what it did. Um, I think you know we have to go back in time to the environment of what was happening on country radio. Um, I knew it was, you know, we were playing that song live and people liked it. I mean, but you know, when I say people, I mean, you're playing to 10 people. And so if two people come up and are like, I like that song, you know, what is, what what are you going to do with that's cool. And you're thankful, but you know, we had signed a record deal and you are now, when we got a record deal, it was the peak of, you had Sam Hunt and floor Georgia line and, um, Cole Swindell and Luke Bryan. Uh, you know, that's my kind of night. It was very, very high energy, very up tempo, very complex pressed very it, it was you know and I, i'm not knocking it at all but it was the era of like the bro country had had become a name and yeah. it was just like such a thing and here's this like acoustic 330 story country song <laughs> i i that to me was more of a song that would give you like credibility if someone listened to your record um but i did not think that it would become a multi-week number one country radio song um so yeah it was i was proud of it but it was quite a surprise the way that song took off well i don't think that's your best song i think your best song is long live tonight um which i didn't realize you wrote with uh, jason reeves i mean that guy's a great writer he wrote stuff with yeah. uh colby Calais. he did realize bubbly i never told you how yeah. did you get hooked up with jason reeves that's pretty cool yeah i mean that came with uh you know once i i did a joint venture publishing deal with jay joyce's company neon cross and warner chapel and Jason Reeves was a writer at Warner Chapel. So once I signed that publishing deal, I mean, you get kind of thrown in because uh, it, it happened kind of fast. Once we, you know, did that record with Jay, we we were meeting with record labels, but, you know, it was meeting after meeting. And we finally just kind of put out a, a single at XM and it started doing well. And then we ended up being offered a record deal. And once that happens, you you end up getting put, you know, there's a lot of investment in you. So you end up getting put in rooms like, you know, with Jason Reeves and and just you know really great songwriters and he was awesome and yeah we wrote long with tonight that was actually our first single to country radio was long with tonight um and it got to top 40 and it uh it was doing well you know it's one of those things where it was doing well but at the same time we put an ep that had greatest love story on it and greatest love story was just like doing so well on its own without radio that the label was kind of like hey we you know you got top 40 with long with tonight we can spend the rest of this year pushing it or we can kind of do the or you know, shift thank gears ra- and go with the hot hand. That's smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you know, thank radio for hey, thank you for long of the night, thank you for playing it. Here's this song, <laughs> you know, and so yeah, that that was kind of long of the night. I mean, we still play that one live, and it's still one that you know when we headline shows, it's whole crowd is singing every word of it because that that definitely is a huge fan favorite. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's awesome. The video for Greatest Love Story, Justin Key directed. Great director. I mean, that guy's done yeah. all kinds. Of, he's got a style all his own. Like every, I know the Lindsay L videos, Nico Moon. He's done like 250 videos. Um, did you did you pick him to do the video, or is that something that a label picks? How did y'all sync up in that? So we did pick him. I mean, we and once again, you know, this was at that time. I didn't know music video directors. I didn't know, and so once again, you're you're getting thrown in this world where your label kind of goes like, Hey, this is who we, these are some good selections. What happens, the process of it is the directors labels or management, whoever will send out a song. And and then all these directors write a treatment and send the treatment of what their vision of the music video will be to the label or to you or whatever. And then the label will kind of pass that along to you. And so we went through a bunch of treatments and, um, and it was a thing where, you know, Justin Q, when I read his treatment, not to be whatever, but sometimes you get super inspired writing a treatment. You're like, oh, I would have never thought of that. And sometimes you kind of have the vision for what it could be. And when I read his treatment, I was like, this is exactly my my headspace of what this music is. So I knew it would be an easy collaboration um, because it was, you know, I love the timeless aspect of the video. It doesn't, it's not, it's could be kind of 80s. It could be, not, you know, it's not really... It's just a classic timeless setting yeah. walking through the story. Um, and, and that's the thing is the story is a, a classic 
it's a timeless story. And so I wanted the video to, re- to reflect that timeless, timelessness and his treatment, I thought really did a good job of that. Yeah, I thought he did do justice as well. We, um, on near misses, which just came out, it's probably my favorite lyric set. The, she was a tan. She was classy yeah. from Southern Tallahassee all the way through that. It's what a brilliant song. So on the video, first of all, you're rocking the best sweater in any video of 2021. <laughs> that sweater is amazing. Um, but I love the end of the video where you bring out all your ladies and everything. That's wonderfully played number but i'm going to tie it into a question you get to showcase your piano chops on this are you more comfortable leading from piano or from uh, guitar i uh i am much more comfortable uh leading like on a live show setting much more comfortable with a guitar or with no guitar you know <laughs> like it would go you know no guitar guitar piano mainly because of like if you see us live great love story may not key you into this but if you see the rest of our show I'm a pretty wild front man. I have a lot of energy from a lot of influence from rock and roll and just being all over the place. And I love piano, but you got to sit there, you know, every now and then you get a standing, but you can't move around that much. So I love playing piano. I love the the instrument, but as far as in a live show, you know, I, I only play piano in like two songs. Cause I'm like, you know, I gotta, I gotta move around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of live shows, uh, Tell me if you can, uh, you, you might not have this just ready to fire off the hip, but uh, who's an artist or band that you would love to tour with? Give me one who's alive and then one who is not, not to be morbid, <laughs> but like, you know, if there's anybody that like, oh, I wish I'd gotten the chance to tour with so-and-so. Oh man. Uh, you know, one that's not alive. I, uh, oh man, there's a lot. that's not, you know, I, I think back in the day I, to tour with like a Tom Petty, Mm. or really like tour with the band like the yeah. band oh, yeah. um yeah i i think that you know we we draw in for inspiration from uh from both those acts i think it would just be a cool uh collaboration live show but uh and then currently oh man you know what we've gotten to play with so many incredible country i mean really most of them you know we've gotten to share the stage with pretty much all of them um and even like you didn't do collaborations with brooks and dunn i remember people used to ask that question always like brooks and dunn and then it <laughs> happened we got to do a song with brooks and dunn and got to perform with them live and i i, I don't know I, i'd almost look outside of the genre mm-hmm. um i would look like i i love like an ed sheeran uh i i've seen him live once and just respect him so much as an artist and a songwriter um I think that, you know, I, I love performing with people that I feel like I can learn from either watching their set or being on stage with them. And uh, Ed Sheeran, just that one man show, it, it's just incredible. But then also a band, you know, I think like, uh, I don't know, I, I just I immediately go outside of the genre because I think of like One Republic or I don't know, Taylor Swift, any of those like major huge pop stars. That's yeah. like a that's something that I we you know would love to see in person and be a part of and just being on that stage, seeing that something that's really fascinating to me. I was hoping you were going to say kiss, but I'll take Taylor Swift. That's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't have any platform boots. So. Uh, Not a lot of face paint lying around there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. When you, when you were talking about Ed Sheeran, it made me think uh, of the movie yesterday. I don't know. Have you seen that movie? I have, yes. Okay, so the you know the, for for listeners who may not be as familiar, the concept is basically this global event happens, and this guy has an has a bike accident, and when he wakes, he realizes that essentially he's the only person on earth who remembers the Beatles and who remembers their yeah. their lyrics and all this stuff, and so the rest of the movie is him sort of presenting himself as the originator of these songs. If there was an artist uh, that something happens, some global EMP occurs and everybody forgets about an artist, a writer, a band or a singer, except for you. Who would you want that to be? Oh, who would man. you want to be, be the one that is able to <laughs> present those songs to the world? Uh, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, oh good that's call. a great answer. Yeah. Great answer. Yeah. That, that's a sure. great answer. Um, yeah, I, if I, if I could, if I could come up with, uh, yeah, I'm on fire, born to run and be the guy that <laughs> those are my songs. Uh, yeah, that'd be just great. <laughs> Next time we see you, you're going to be just standing like with your back to everybody in really tight jeans, like trying to <laughs> embrace the Bruce. Let's do it. Uh, the, yeah. Um, first beer live at the basement and price you pay both show your affinity for like acoustic stripped down versions of songs. And that price you pay video shows how much you guys really do seem to like each other. Um, yeah. is that, is that a friendship that like 
happened immediately or is that something that's developed over time? And tell me it's true that you really do like all those other guys. <laughs> we really do. It's And it's shocking. You know, that was my biggest fear of starting a band was you – I don't know if you can watch a band documentary without – the second yeah. act of the documentary being, yeah, then we all hated each other. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and that made me nervous on starting a band, but I, I, we are still friends. We still hang out. I mean, I'm not kidding. We're in town. Like even over the pandemic, you learned real fast. Like, Oh, those are my friends. Like those right. are the first yeah, guys I'm going to call when I'm bored and you know, whatever. And so we're definitely still friends. And I think that I, I really think the reason for that is because the band started out that way, you know, once again, full circle at Lee, <laughs> I was in, I was in bands and there are so many incredible musicians at Lee that I've, I've been with some really talented players and these guys were talented, but to be honest, I think that, uh, that when we first started getting together and playing the fact that we just, we hung out more than we even played. Like we just were hanging out, get to know each other. And, and I was new to Nashville and we formed such a friendship before we even really figured out what our sound was or anything like that 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 kind of has always been the foundation of it and and we've still got that you know years later for better for worse (laughs) (laughs) may it ever so be you know we we do a lot of interviews and uh, occasionally we'll get somebody that's like just don't mention this person's name don't mention them don't mention this band era yeah like and yeah yeah yeah. okay we'll keep that in mind may it always be that like thanks for putting that in the writer everybody's name always (laughs) it's all cool ever forever yeah um yeah as country music uh sort of continues to diversify where do you see lanco you know in the future do you think as a band you kind of um, you know, are what you will continue to be, or do you think there's some more evolution on the horizon beyond honky tonk hippies? Oh, there's, uh, yeah, there's definitely evolution. I mean, that's, you know, I'll say uh, the reason that we're in country music and the reason, uh, I, we have, I mean, we're millennials. We grew up with every being influenced by everything. And, uh, but the reason we're in country music is because just the way from when you're from Dalton, Georgia, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, um, Snellville, Georgia. I'm from Smyrna, Tennessee. When you're from those places, it's what you know. the The songs, mm. the song material in country music is what you lived, and it's what right. you relate to. I can't talk about having the night in Brooklyn. I can't talk about <laughs> L.A. Hill. I just, I, I, I know Smyrna, Tennessee. I know Cleveland, Tennessee. So to me, the country songwriting is where I feel the most authentic. But as far as sonically, especially because we're in a band, there will always be evolution. And honestly, to both a strength and a weakness. Um, you know, that's one thing. If someone falls in love with our sound, the danger of a band is that it's like it's the same five guys who can absolutely be like, OK, that was cool to do for a couple of years. That was a cool time of being influenced. What do we want to do now? Yeah. And it's like, you know, we put out Honky Tonk Hippies and we dove into that. I mean, we were in Muscle <laughs> Shoals and the muddy waters, just swampy southern country rock and roll music. And, you know, it's it's great. Love playing it live. You know, love the Honky Tonk Hippies tour. It's incredible. What do we do now? Why would we do that? You know, like, do we want to just go play flat sevens again? Just do we want to do that every time we get in the studio? I mean, and so there's always a thing of as musicians, as a band, you always want to challenge yourself. And with that challenge, I think comes sonic evolutions. And so there will absolutely always be sonic evolutions with with the country sonic uh, country songwriting being at the heart of it. Dude, that's Love great. It. That's a great. That's a great wrap up. Well, I could have sworn you were going to say you wanted to open for Walt Malden at the Con Center um, when we were going. <laughs> oh, when we were going through, <laughs> through that there. But there's there's one question that we ask everybody, Brandon. Okay, so you, by the way, this has been a blast for us. It's been yeah. a lot of fun. Hope you've had a great time. Um, but you're on tour, either solo artist with Lanco, whatever. You're on tour. You go into a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? And while you're thinking of it, I'll tell you mine. Um, I would get a Three Musketeers bar when I was growing up. My mom would say you could have any candy bar you want, and I would get a Three Musketeers bar because it's the most ounces, uh, and they're all about the same <laughs> price. What is your gas station snack food of choice? Uh, I can already tell you what, and it's gone through it once again. It's gone through evolution. That's another evolution: sure. the, the Sonic evolution sure. and the Snack rev- evolution. But <laughs> That's right. currently, my current snack evolution has turned into walking right into that pilot truck stop, getting a bag of bugles. Okay. A bag of gummy worms yes. and a Gatorade. Oh, wow. dude, that is perfection because you got the salty and the bugle, yeah. the sweet and the gummy worm, and then I'm going to yeah. pretend to be a healthy drink with a Gatorade. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm an athlete. That's right. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm, I'm about to sweat through these bugles, but I'm going to replenish yeah. right now. <laughs> yes. 
think that's great. Thanks so much, Brandon. This has been a, a blast for us. Hope yeah. you had a good time. We'll, uh, like I said, we'll uh, we'll circle back before we uh, drop the episode uh, and get in touch with you that way. But thank you so much for uh, for hanging out with us for a little bit. Yeah, thank you for uh, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Thanks okay. so much, Brandon. Yeah, thanks it. so much. Have a great rest of the day. All right, man. See y'all. See ya. This is the Great Song Podcast. And that was Brandon Lancaster of Lanco. He is the man the band is named after. Boom. A man, a plan, a canal, Panama. Panama. Let's there do this go. thing. A Toyota. A to- <laughs> Mom. Oh, wow. Man. Dad. Have we talked about the Weird Al song that the whole thing is palindromes? No, but we need to. Somehow. There's a Weird Al song called Bob. Okay. It done in the style of Bob Dylan, like okay. Highway 61. Yeah, revisited. Um, and every line of the song is a palindrome. That's cool. And it, they're huge lines like... Uh, what well, like a Toyota is a Toyota backwards is a Toyota is a uh-huh. Toyota or a dog, a panic in a pagoda. Oh, wow. Backwards or, um, uh, oh gosh, nurse, I spy gypsies run. Ooh. There's all kinds of them. I may, like that one. May a moody baby doom a yam. <laughs> There's so many. It's a hilarious That's song. Good. Look it up. Weird Al Yankovic. It's called Bob. Um, and it's so That's stinking funny. Song. Yeah. Anyway, next week, Bob by Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> no, but we do have up. a good doozy coming at you next week. Yes, uh, we're we two weeks in to season nine. Yeah. So thank you guys for hanging out with us. Happy Valentine's, we mentioned. Thanks to Brandon for yes. spending a few minutes with us. And right. uh, we'll be back next week with another fun interview and, and hangout time. This is going to be the greatest season the world has ever seen. <laughs> you just wait. You didn't think we could top eight. Here comes nine. Here it comes. Here it comes. We'll see you next week when we cover another great song. Until then, I'm Ron. I am JP. Go listen to some music.